Hey everybody, I'm back. Did you miss me? Boy, everybody, it's really excited to be back. I haven't recorded in a long time, and I got some real passion for it today. And we're going to be talking about a show I've just finished the first season of, not... I took a shower or so an hour ago. Uh, obviously, spoilers for Radiant. And don't worry, I'm going to edit in a little timestamp when the spoilers really start. But I'm going to be critical of it, so, you know, if you like the show, be warned. If you don't like it, be warned. I also have a lot of positives to say, so it's going to be pretty consistently both ways. I'm excited. So picture it with me. It is a dark night. Pandemic just started. And you're looking for something to watch. Uh, I had just been starting a Yu Hakusho, and it was my show of the pandemic. It really got me through the early parts of it, and it was a blast. Now it's my favorite anime because of that. But I was watching it through Funimation. And, you know, you don't pay on Funimation. You get all the ads. And the one ad they were pushing so hard was the season two of this show called Radiant. I had never heard of it, never seen anyone talk about it, and to this day I barely have, ed- have ever seen anyone talk about this show, unless I actively searched for it. And I think my friend Jasmine, she asked me one time about the show, and I'm like, it's okay. You know, I've done a little bit more research, and I know people say, ah, oh, manga's much better, has much better pacing and all that, but this is about the show, I haven't read the manga, I don't have access to it. And frankly, I don't want to spend a metric ton of money for a bunch of paperbacks right now. But it was a show that kind of interested me because it seemed magical in a different way. It wasn't like Black Clover or Fairy Tale. Something was different. I couldn't tell you what. Was I right? Eh, I don't want to give that away too soon. But... To show you how much I've flip-flopped on this show since I watched it the first time, I started this show back senior year of high school, and I just finished it about two years later. Yeah, (laughs) I'd maybe watch one episode every few months trying to find something good, and I never did. That was until I looked up, hey, when does this show get good? I think, you know, it's not my exact Google thing. I'm pretty sure I typed in, when does Radiant get good, or does Radiant get good? And everything I saw said Rubble Town. I think it was my anime list that gave me that that one, looking at stuff on there. And then I was like, okay, how far away am I from Rumble Town? Is it like next season, or, you know, five episodes? Guess where I stopped? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna give you three seconds. Come on, guess. Yes, it was the episode right before Rumbletown started. So, I kind of binged Rumbletown very quickly, and I didn't take any notes, but everything's still super fresh, so I'm kind of excited to do this. 
I'm totally not pulling up the wiki for character names or anything. Type, 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 type. But, it's a show. It has a lot of fun points, but the beginning is so nightmarishly slow, and I'm going to get into that right now. So, the story of Radiant. You know, non-spoilerly as I can get. So there's these things, they're called the Nemeses. I think as a whole you're supposed to say Nemesis if you're, like, all of them. And if there's, a, and if there's like, three of them, you say Nemeses, and if it's just one, it's Nemesis again. I think. I'm not willing to rewatch the show just to get one little hint on if I'm right or not. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll find out when I start season two. But... So these things have been falling from the sky and eggs, breaking open, maiming people, killing people, doing their things. You know, fun designs. They remind me a lot of, like, early hollows from Bleach. Not that I finished Bleach, but, you know, black, black and white. A lot of them have stripes. I love it. Uh, but you know, it's very black and white design, pretty basic, and anyone they hurt becomes quote-unquote infected, or as they like to call it, sorcerers. And they get some sort of curse. It can be from anything from horns on your head, uh, literal split personality syndrome. And I'm probably wrong, but I'm willing to take a stab at it. Turn, turns you into a cat. You know the show. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm not sure if that's his curse or not. But yeah, these people are basically branded as uh, infected and they need to be cleansed out by most of the world. Yet what? They're the only people that can really deal with the nemesis, nemesis, nemesis threat. You know what? That's what I'm going with. I'm going to be so wrong, aren't I, as soon as I check. So they keep them around as basically, ah, nemesis are coming. You take care of them today and we won't be mean for an hour. But, you know, people are getting killed over this. And eventually someone has, this, has the fun little story of Radiant. The place where all the nemesis come from. And if you destroy it, no more nemesis, everyone can get along. And that's a story our main protagonist, Seth, aspires to greatly. Now, yeah, I should probably go into the cast, shouldn't I? First off, we have Seth. Seth is fine as a protagonist in the beginning. He's, he's got a bunch of bandages, wears these gloves on his hand to make sh Oh no. Hey, ho! Okay. Might leave that in. That'll be a fun thing to see on the audio. Okay. Seth, he's got this wild hair, a bunch of bandages, some gloves, and those are his, like, conduit to, for casting his magic. I don't think I explained that. Don't want to go into it a ton, because the show does, and... No. Basically, wands can look like anything. These sorcerers use Fantasia, which is, let me be real frank, better than anything I've heard in a long time to name magic. Because it being mana and every other thing sucks. Spirit energy is nearly as worse. I like black pullovers, so I could be a being a hypocrite, but you know what? Let's just keep going. But he's pretty by the books. He just wants to destroy Radiant so everyone can get along. 
He's fun. He punches, he kicks, and that's how he uses his magic. Not very good at it at first, but you know, he gets better. And through him, we learn how the world works magically. He's fun. I'm going to talk about him a little bit more in the spoilers, but there's two other main protagonists, and then there's three other people I adore, <laughs> frankly. Uh, second off is Melly. I'm, that's how the dub says it. I watched the dub. I don't know how else you pronounce that. She is a more typical mage, and she has she's this girl with super, super puffy hair. And I don't know how to describe it. Me and hair names don't get along. She has this really puffy, big orange hair that's about the size of her. And then there's one part where she's all dressed fancy, and it's only one, like one thing over her shoulder it's very strange to me i assume most of it's fake i don't know and her curse is she has split personality disorder i guess look the show don't go into it too much i don't want to look it up uh but she has one side that's really sweet and like a master defense magic with a wand the other half is uh mean very mean and she's good at with attack magic, and that's how those two work. They split off. I forget what the trigger is. It could be sneezing. I'm probably thinking... No, I'm thinking something different. I don't know. It, it seems like it's just for random whenever we can switch when we can. Uh, she's fun. She's really sweet, and her and Seth getting along is pretty fun. She is the assistant to a magical researcher, another sorcerer named Doc. Who is hilarious to watch. In the dub, they give him a... Oh no, I'm going to screw this up. I want to say New Jersey accent. I'm going to be so wrong, it's going to hurt. I'm going to feel my toes getting stepped on as I go to sleep tonight. But Doc's really fun. He can't use any magic. And his curse is interesting, and I don't even want to talk about it. And I want to let it, you know, you find out for yourself. But he can't use magic, but he's a nemesis researcher, so he and Melly go capture him or take corpses, stuff like that. Take him back. And he takes in Seth to Artemis, which is the only place in the world sorcerers are, can be sorcerers. And I'm not going to bring up the cat, I want it to be a surprise. Again, this show has so much going on, it's so hard to explain without spoiling any of the decent parts in the beginning. But yeah, I mean, they got brooms, they got everything, it's magic. Artemis is a fun setting because it's a floating city and it's a good place just to hang out for a bit. And, you know, it's a nice trio protagonist, but honestly, they don't do much until Rumble Town, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But there's three other characters I want to touch on. Never mind, I just realized two characters might be the better answer. We have Alma, who is Seth's adopted mother, and they have a weird curse thing going on, I'm pretty sure. Again, spoilers, like major spoilers for last episode, but nothing big. I don't know what her curse is, but she only has one arm, and she also has a very poofy hair. Yeah, that is a thing in this show. Why do all the girls have such poofy hair? Who knows, she only, she only has one arm, and she's a nemesis slayer sorcerer, and the town just lets her live there. She taught Seth, and honestly, she's good as most teachers I know. I mean, not as good as, like, Genkai from Yu Yu Show or, uh, why is that the only thing I can think of? I don't know, she reminds me of a mix of Genkai from Yu Yu Show and 
What's Luffy's grandfather name from One Piece? I know it's Monkey D something. It's Monkey D something. Monkey D Garp. Garp. It's a mix of Genkai and Garp. Which I never know I needed, but they're two of my favorite characters of all time, so it really works out. And because of her, Seth is a powerhouse. But it's the fact that he's like, oh, I don't feel pain. Almost training was so much worse. It makes me think it was a very long road going uphill. And then I have to talk about the Inquisition. Not the Spanish Inquisition. This isn't Monty Python. So their job is to hunt down sorcerers and fight the nemeses. Nemesis. Nemeses. Nemesis. Nemeses. Nemesis. Why? Why must I be hurting this way? And most of them aren't that great of people. They're like the Marines from One Piece, nearly one for one. And my favorite, one of my favorite characters in One Piece, period, is Captain Smoker. You know, his entire job is go catch Luffy. No wonder in the four kids dub they named him Captain Chaser. Look, look up some differences between the four kids dub and the regular One Piece. It is amazing what lengths they did to to make sure it wasn't violent, they didn't show any blood. No guns, no nothing, no depictions of smoking. It made Smoker such a strange... Why? Did they want even glance at the show before they license it? But that's a whole different story entirely. Speaking of Smoker, his counterpart in the show, his name is Dart Dragonov. And yes, he uses a bow. I know you were thinking he uses a rifle. No, he uses a bow. This is fantasy. He is in... He's a captain of a little troop of inquisitors, and their job is to go around, keep the peace, hunt sorcerers, and do all that. And his job is to hunt Seth, mainly. Again, minor spoilers that I'm going to talk about later on why Rumbletown is a really good arc. He's fun. He has a vice captain. I couldn't tell you if he's ever named who is the greatest yes man I've ever seen, just because, yes, captain, you're so amazing. Anyway, I haven't told you how the captain's actually amazing. Whenever he's alone, it's great. And then he has new... I'm going to call him Recruit. Because I don't know his name either. And I don't want to look it up because he has to have one. And he's just a fun new recruit to the Inquisitors. And the three of them together is honestly what kept me invested in the plot for the most of it. I like them more than Seth, Doc, and Melly. <laughs> Even the two of them aren't even named. But, you know. Anyway, that's the six main characters, as I call them. And... Uh, now I'm going to talk about the first part of season one. Look, the first, the first part of season one's a drag. It took me two years to watch it. Like, ten episodes of pure slog. Like, episode one sets stuff up. You hear about Seth, his backstory, and his connection to Alma. He saves a town, blah, yada, yada. He ends up in Artemis, racks up a debt, blah, yada, yada. And it's wacky hijinks as he makes his debt higher to the point where everyone calls him the king of debt. Oh, it's such a fun title, and they use it greatly at the end of the season. It makes me laugh. But it's a slog, like... I guess Black Clover has the same issue of the opening sucks, but I don't know if this is a manga thing. 
or a actual anime adaption screwing it up, but I it took me two years to watch, and I was enjoying the series. It was pretty, it has a lot of fun ideas, it, a lot of new stuff I've never seen before, all the curses are fun, you just see on the random people. There's one girl who just has a hand puppet as her curse that is completely that is completely sentient. That that pretends to be her father. I don't it could be her father. I don't know. That's what this show is. It's weird. All the all the characters have something fun about them. Like every single character has some quirk that you can just look at and be like, "Oh yes, that's a sorcerer and that's a normal person." There's somebody that just has purple snot for his curse. Like, I guess it could have been worse, but I think you lucked out. It, you don't have to change your life that much. You know, sans the fact that now you're considered, you know, quote-unquote infected, and now you have to be cleansed by the by the Inquisition. At the Spanish Inquisition. Anyway, I, I thought of it. That's the worst part. Whenever I hear Inquisition in this show, I think of the Monty Python sketch with the pillows. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I uh, watch Monty Python. That's my watch Monty Python over the first ten episodes of this show. But if you can handle that, get past the exposition, get past the brief training, and if you can stomach the broom race, which I don't remember being bad, but I also had no reason to keep watching, you end up at Rumbletown. Our main trio gets a little letter being like, "Hey, hey, come here, Rumbletown. We have a nemesis and in the Inquisitors." Not the Spanish. Oh, I'm not doing this on purpose. I just it comes in my mind with Tom Cleese and the other two in the red robes. It's great. Please watch it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch it. I'll be back and I'll talk about Radiant again. Yeah, it wasn't Tom Cleese in the first one. I'm I was wrong. Uh, I was talking about Radiant, right? Uh, it's a show, right? I forgot. Spanish Inquisitions and all that. I'm joking. That's why I'm here to do fun commentary that you can listen to on your drive to work or something. Oh man. So Rumble Town. Rumble Town is this floating city that's essentially has an immigration crisis where. Let me rephrase. Let me say immigration crisis. That was years ago. They have a, oh, there's immigrants here. We don't like them. They're taking our jobs. Let's get rid of them. And great. Thanks, Radiant. Just like real life. People getting mad at other people. And, you know, sorcerers. So they come here. He's one kid got bit by a nemesis, and he's a sorcerer. And the... Inquisition are for some strange reason ignoring all the nemesis. Nemesis? I'm not going to be able to do it. It has to. I don't know what's right anymore. But anyway, we see the corruption of the Inquisition. There's a fun. It's a fun arc. A lot of fun fights. A great villain. And my favorite character in the show, period that all get introduced here, and it goes up to the end of season one. Well, two episodes before the end of season... Yeah, let's call it that. Two episodes before the end of season one. You can't really start here, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Look, if you could start here, I would let you. Maybe let someone who knows the show, like, explain stuff going on, because later on, it's characters from those early ten episodes that do stuff again, and I forgot who they were. Which, ugh. I cannot stress enough how boring those first ten episodes are, and then Rumbletown starts, and it's like, oh man, this ain't, this ain't in his lobby from One Piece, but... This ain't bad. It's it's better than all the filler and bleach, right? I'm making jokes at a different show's expense that have been made for hundreds of years now. Hundreds of years in nerd time, at least. But it's such a fun arc. We learn so much about the world. We learn how corrupt the Inquisition are. We learn how badass Dragonov is. Like, he... Ah, oh, I can't talk about Dragonov without talking about the rest. He's my second favorite character of this show. And I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be the main villain later on. Who knows? I've seen some pictures of season two where he's like looking all gloomy. Anyway, so the main villain is Conrad. He is this... Look, he's a bodybuilder, essentially. Member of the Inquisition. Works out 12 hours a day according to his diary that Dragonov read aloud to his troops. But... He hates the immigrants, and he wants to kill them all, along with all the sorcerers. Again, uh, these are major spoilers, and I'm kind of going into why I like it. So, look, if you got a brain, you can put together the twist of, oh, this sorcerer can control the nemesis, which are called domitors, by the way, which is good they distinguish between them. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But, Conrad and this Domitor named Hameline? That it can't be right. Am I wrong? No, that's right. Yeah, I'm right. I definitely didn't pronounce it right. We're gonna, f I'm gonna get like so much hate mail in the email inbox. It's gonna be crazy. But... They're working together to essentially bring her into District 12. Yeah, 12. Because 13 is the one that started the whole arc that I'm not going to talk about. To have a little bit of, you know, reason for you to watch. But it, it's, it's evil working with evil for different goals. They both double-cross each other. It's fun. There's fun fights. There's twists. Doc... Poor Doc. Honestly, poor Dark. And Doc, not Dark. He's I'm thinking about the next character. His name's Grim. He's a mummy. It's great. You get introduced in one of the other ten filler, not filler, that you have to watch episodes that I wish you didn't. But I didn't remember him, and then he just showed up. He's this dude, a witch's hat. He's got a big gloves on, completely wrapped in bandages. And he's like, ah, oh, you work with the Domitor. Whenever he sees Seth for the first time, they fight. He's like, eh, yeah, I don't care. Later on, he comes back. He's like, oh, you're working with the Domitor. Sweet. Now we can team up. And this most, like, I was sure was going to be, like, a big villain later on is now a hero. And I'm like, this is sweet. This is sweet. His mouth never moves. And he only refers to himself in the third person, which makes him so much funnier. And there's a lot of stuff that happens with him. I don't want to spoil, but his ultimate weapon is just chef's kiss or whatever. 
So good. I, I know this isn't a great analysis, but I kind of want to... Like, I cannot stress how good Rumbletown is versus... First 10. Like, it, I was talking, I was watching a different show. It was crazy. Is Radiant worth watching? Man, that's really a tough decision. Look, I'm enjoying the show, and I'm ready to start season two once I finish Black Clover. And this show has a much so much in common with Black Clover, I think I might end up comparing them a little bit. But, I don't know. It's just such an uphill climb to get to the good part. I know this whole thing, this whole episode's like, get, let's get ready to rumble town. But that's what the first 10 episodes are getting ready to go to rumble town. The show doesn't have much going on until then. And rumble town, like it's full, like action the whole time. There's not much lore. Look, there's a little lore dump. I think one whole episode's a flashback, but yeah, need it. I couldn't imagine not knowing what happened 13, 15 years ago when when Conrad wasn't about built like a brick wall and then have a mustache the size of Manhattan. But I'm I'm torn because Rumbletown's so good. I don't know anything about season two. I've never heard anything. About, again, I've never heard anything about the show unless I looked for it. And, you know, in the ads. But... I don't know how to convince you. Maybe watch the show while you're doing your tax. I, no, don't do that. Watch it while you have to do something else. Watch it while you're have it on in the background for the first ten episodes. Kind of get a feel for what's going on. Watch it two times speed. I don't know. Like it's a hard. Like, did I enjoy my time with the show? Yes, but most of my joy derives from Rumbletown. I don't know. Again, I, I'm a hypocrite, I guess, because I'm like, Black Clover is so good if you can get past the very beginning, and you really should. And I'm not giving this the same chance because I don't have the same attachment to it. If I had to make a decision right now, I'd say watch it. Just push your way through. Get to Rumble Town. Two times speed. I don't know. Uh, read the wiki of the first ten episodes. Something. A ask a friend who knows what's going on to, to give you the lowdown. I don't know. I want to give this show a good review, but the it is a ten episode roller coaster, straight uphill. And then it drops so wonderfully, so wonderfully down for 11 episodes. If you have the time and nothing else to watch, give it a chance. If not, you can probably skip it. I mean, this is the, it's it's winter 2022. Demon Slayer Season 2 is out. A bunch of other stuff's coming out. Attack on Titan, the final part two of the final season's out. Which I am very, very behind on. But if you're wanting to give it a chance, I think you'll get something out of it. If not, I don't think you're losing a ton. There's much better shows, and I'll admit that. 
but it's just a fun show to watch. I had fun with it, fun world building. It wasn't mana, it was Fantasia, and then honestly was the point where I fell in love. Is it good or is it bad? I I think it's good. It didn't make me want to cut it off ever. It was just dull at the beginning and it got good. Well, that I'm sorry, it's not really an exciting verdict, but it's true. Uh, if you watch season one and you didn't like it, don't even bother with season two. I haven't watched it yet, but that's probably what's going to be true. It's going to be more of the same. But I hope everything is on Rumbletown level, at least. Well, anyway, this has been Gabe Anderson. I'm leaving you with a nice chunk of video. Have a good time. See you. Hey, this is kind of being re recorded after I finished and I was doing editing. I realized I never went into why I like Seth as a protagonist because it was super spoilery. Uh, so, uh, that's why this is at the end after I said, like, you know, goodbye and all that. So, if you don't want to be spoiled on Rumbletown, leave now. And I really won't judge you. And I get to see those metrics of when people leave, so I'm excited to see if people do. Anyway, so... Rumbletown goes horribly. <laughs> uh, they find the Domitor, Seth, Grimm, and... Melly. Why did I... I just watched this show. I watched this arc not... No, it's two hours ago. It takes me a long time to make these. But they fight the Domitor, they win, and then the Inquisition sends out their big boys, the Thaumaturge. Thaumaturges. I don't want to know too much about them because they're fun and I I don't know how their powers work yet so I can't even explain it. It's not Fantasia, they're not sorcerers, they're just regular people with the, with massive powers in the Inquisition. But it ends up... So Seth is like... Seth convinces the Domitor to girl, hey, if we can find Radiant and not, and not kill each other... We don't. You can keep your nemesis buddies. She saw them as like her brothers, which okay. She she was obviously un, an unhinged little elf looking girl that plays the flute. It was fun, fun integrating a soundtrack into your actual fight. But she actually was like, "Oh, you have hope." And then Inquisition big boys, the thaumaturg, just you know, top five or whatever, top six. One, two, three. Five. Yeah, five. Five. They come down, they... They basically say, Hey, I'm here to capture you all. And Domitor Girl goes... She gets herself killed just delaying them so that they don't have to fight. Grim, Grim's like, Hey, don't make her death worth nothing. Run. And he and Melly run. And he... Seth goes back for revenge. He was mad. Fights what I'm assuming is going to be the final boss of this show. He, look, he's a, I don't want, I don't remember his name, and I don't want to look it up because this is done, you know, after I'm done. But he, he looks like a mix of Alder and Lysander from Pokemon. 
you know, look them up and then mix them together, make Alder a little younger, and, like, that's, that's him. A big, intimidating, poofy red. What is with this show and poofy hair? I mean, it doesn't look bad, at least. But they end up fighting. Seth is, essentially loses, and then his brother, who seems to be in charge of the entire Inquisition, has bigger horns than him, comes out and is like, hey, I'm unleashing your power now. And Seth goes berserk. Like, he is... Him with only a few weeks of formal training in Fantasia is going against professional sorcerer hunters that have done this for decades. Holding his own with pure rage to the point he beats one of them with one hand. And the show does not... The show does not make that just cool a cool moment. They're like... The show even is like, you should be concerned now. He has no pupils in his eyes, so his eyes are just white. His arms are all his arms are like black up to like the base of his shoulders. It's fun or kinda reminds me a little bit of hockey from One Piece. Armor Mount Hockey, whenever Luffy or Sanji or Zoro uses I know there's so many more people that use armor in hockey. I, look, I just finished in his lobby. I don't know about ho- I'm not supposed to know about hockey. I got spoiled. I thought it was so cool. Anyway. But now it's... <sighs> and af- after the arc's over, Seth goes back to ra- to Artemis. Artemis, not Radiant. I don't know. It's the name of the show. Artemis is like the big place. I always get them confused. They throw a big party as on. You're like, yeah, he took down the Inquisition. Everybody, let's praise Seth. And he's like, I helped destroy half a town. And someone that believed in me is dead now, and I don't know what to do. The It weighs on him so much, and you know, I'm leaving out a lot of spoilers of what happens. But he didn't just laugh off the events of the arc, he, he remembers these, and he's never going to forget them. And it's the point where at the very end of season one, he goes off just him and Alma and leaving all his other friends behind back in Artemis. To, get, to pursue his goal of finding Radiant because he doesn't want them to get hurt. Like, I know the cast is going to get back together again. They're on the poster. But he, it isn't just him being somber because he, he told Alma that as he's leaving, it's like, if I actually said goodbye, I would never want to leave. Like, he isn't just being an edgelord. Like, he is genuinely concerned for these people and that's so refreshing to see that like, Rumble Town and any other show would be an okay arc, then then they go off to do much more stuff of, like, the same severity and much more damage. But Seth, he is... He is hurt by Rumble Town. He... This just... This has destroyed him mentally. I don't know. That's all my thoughts about Season 1 of Radiant, though. Uh, you have... You have a nice day. I just... I realized I never said anything, it was super spoilery, so I decided just to put it at the end after my farewell. Well, I hope you guys had a have a good time. I'm probably gonna watch season two next month or so and look forward to that. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.